Lonwit Episode 33, Designing a Hit Conference with Alt Summer founder Gabrielle Blair. Welcome to Law and Wit, Creative Council for Entrepreneurs. I'm your host, Brittany Rattel, mother of four, entrepreneur, naptime lawyer, and attorney for creative entrepreneurs. I'm here to share inspiration and action so that you can tackle your business blocks and confidently own your business in every sense of the word. Thank you so much for being here. Hello, listeners, and welcome back. Thanks so much for being here. I just want to give a brief introduction before we jump into today's episode. Um, and that's just give a little bit of framing that, um, well, today we're talking obviously a lot about conferences because we have the queen, the matriarch of conferences, Gabrielle Blair, on. Um, even if you don't plan on either having conferences in your business, that's part not part of your business plan or business model someday, or you don't have any plans on attending conferences this season or anytime soon, um, I still think you're going to want to listen in today um, for some key takeaways. And the what's cool about this episode and what was great in listening and re-editing it um, for me is that the what Gabrielle is talking about in terms of learning and reiteration and um, and digging into the experiential economy and learning from that really applies across creative entrepreneurship. So um, I really challenge you to just you know open your mind and um, not be quick to say, oh, this doesn't apply to me, that I don't run conferences, or this doesn't apply to me, I'm not going to this conference, or even Alt Summit in particular. The advice that she gives about taking advantage of the networking opportunities and planning ahead and what you can do before, during, and after a conference, I think you're going to find a really, really critical for someone who's, you know, walked the walk and, and, you know, uh, for many years now, who's been involved with designing her own conference and obviously attending a lot. So, um, and then the last thing is just to keep in mind, um, just what Gabrielle is talking about in terms of how you can be smart and learn from other people and use design principles to increase the experience that your um, that your clients, that your customers, that whoever your audience is with whatever way they're interacting with your product. So, and I think that's really clear that that's been something that's been important about Gabby's and her business and her brand and what she's offered and connected with people, um, even though she's done lots of different things and she'll take us on kind of that creative journey of her. So I hope you enjoy that and tune in. Um, I did want to read a quick review because I am going to reward those people who take the time to leave a review because I know I, I, I know that it's a completely self-serving big ask. Like there's nothing in it for you and there's everything in it for me. But um, I really appreciate it and it makes a huge world of difference for people to find the podcast and to know that it's legit and worth their time and that they it's worth putting, you know, listening to their AirPods. Okay, this one is from Movie Watcher S. And she says, makes you feel like you have a friend who is a lawyer. She's so fun and knows her stuff. She is a wealth of information, but never comes off as boring. She not only understands the legal side, but she understands the front end very well. Every small business owner should listen to this podcast. So much good information and very motivational. Thank you so much um, for sharing that with me. I really appreciated that movie watcher SM um, for leaving that review. And if you have not, you can easily do that from your podcast app, your purple app, if you have an iPhone. If not, you can do it from um, iTunes in on your desktop computer. So, um, and if you're listening from something else, I understand that it's it's a little bit more hectic to get to. Um, the other thing that really helps is sharing with a friend. If there is something in this episode or any of the other episodes that you're tuning into that is resonating with you that you think would be helpful for someone that you know and love and maybe a business partner or someone that you like to bounce ideas off with, go ahead and send it to them. You know, just just send it. Just send the love along. This is the kind of sharing that is caring um, and that is freely endorsed and promoted by me. So I'd really appreciate it. Um, and lastly, um, I just 
just want to have to give my standard disclaimer. We really don't talk about any legal stuff in today's episode. Yay! I can hear you guys saying yay. But just FYI, for this episode and all the other great content and free content that I put out there, um, while I am a licensed attorney, I'm not your attorney in any of these places um, unless you want me to be. And what that looks like is that you, we get on the hop on a call, you, we have a free consult, and we talk about what one-on-one legal services and working with me would look like. And then you decide that you want to work with me and hire me. That's how that goes. Um, so enjoy this episode. Um, take it to heart. Enjoy this conversation with really one of the matriarchs of the design and the blogging uh, creative sphere, um, Gabrielle Blair, who I have loved reading and following for a while. And I really hope that you, if you're going to Alt Oasis, that I get we get a chance to connect. So please don't be a stranger. All right, now on to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Um, I'm so excited to introduce our guest today on Lawn Wit, and we have uh, Gabrielle Stanley Blair, and she's the founder and CEO of Alt Summit, the blockbuster annual conference for lifestyle bloggers and creative entrepreneurs, currently celebrating its 10th year and 15th sold-out event. She's also the creator and publisher of designmom.com, which was named a website of the year by Time Magazine. Um, and I've been reading Design Mom for years and years. So really excited to have her on. Um, she's also a best-selling author of Design Mom, How to Live with Kids. And on her website, Gabrielle covers everything um, from the intersection of design and parenting. She hosts compelling conversations on difficult topics. And, um, and she does it all with her husband, Ben Blair, at her side and her six beautiful children. And she's based out of Oakland, California. But we're so excited to have her here with us today on Lawn Wit. Welcome, Gabrielle. Thank you so much. I'm delighted to be here. Thank you. Um, well, tell us a little bit about your origin story. You know, as we referenced you, um, you know, your, your big, big project, you know, aside from a lot of the other things that you're doing is that you um, are involved and you host the Alt Summit um, that I'm going to this year that I went to last year. But kind of tell us a little bit about your journey in terms of how you got going in design and what's that look like from you as you've moved around and, and raised your children and kind of the, the on ramps and off ramps of that journey. Absolutely. So I uh, studied graphic design at university, got my BFA um, in graphic design. And um, I, not long after I graduated, moved to New York and was working as an art director there in advertising agencies. And so that was where, um, when we got to New York, we had a couple of kids. We had three more while we were there. And um, after baby number five, I was looking for, uh, wanted to take kind of a a very long, maternity leave and really kind of work from home. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and freelance in New York is a little funny because you often go into the city and work in an office as a freelancer versus like in other parts of the country where I've done it, you're working at home as a freelancer, you're right. getting your assignment working at home. So it was a little tricky in New York trying to figure that out. And, but I knew I'd had enough babies by now, this was my fifth, that if I didn't do something, I was going to go crazy and, you know, full on postpartum depression. Right. So I knew I needed a creative outlet and blogging um, was just coming around and, and well, it had been around for a couple of years and um, I had really enjoyed blogs. I'd even thought about um, doing sort of an essay blog, but um, found out really that I wasn't a great writer. <laughs> so I was like, oh yeah, that's not a- I don't, I don't know if I'd agree with you there, but yeah, but, but certainly maybe more of the visual is where you felt maybe your zone of genius. Right. Yeah. I mean, especially the time I've, since that time, I've now written, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of blog posts and a book. And yes, I've gotten better at writing, but at the time I, I really wasn't a strong writer. And, and I remember reading um, Design Sponge and Oh Joy, and this mm-hmm. was just in the very initial, this is, this is before Facebook or Instagram or Pinterest or any of that. And 
they had a very visual format where it was really just like, here's a photo and then like a sentence, like, right. oh, I found this cool thing, you know, or it might even be about the cat or whatever. And I was like, oh, a visual blog. I, I could do that. That's not a lot of writing and that's great. And so in 2006, um, when my baby was two months old, my fifth, I started Design Mom and, uh, and I got really lucky on timing. I mean, not just timing in terms of like the blog world, but I called it Design Mom. And it just so happened there had been like a big baby boom among celebrities and among sort of just the population at large. It was like cool to have a baby. And here I was, my peers were having their first baby. I was 31. My, you know, and my peers in New York were having their first baby, but I had five and I was therefore a pro. Right. You, you know? had it all figured out. So yeah, you, you had wisdom to share. Yes. Exactly. So compared to them, they just felt like I had all this knowledge. And of course, in some ways that was true. I mean, I knew how to throw a first birthday party and who you're supposed to invite and how that, you know, what the point is and all of that kind of thing, where to get cute toddler shoes and all of that stuff. Um, at the same time, there'd been a, uh, there was sort of a renaissance in, in, in caring about design. Like right. I remember Blueprint magazine came out that was by the Martha Stewart people. And it was the, the sub, the sub, like, what do I call it? The subhead was like, design your life. Mm-hmm. And the whole idea of like, you know, being intentional and really designing your, you know, your space and your thing. Um, yeah. Apartment therapy was having, you know, it's heyday and yeah, all of it's sub-branded. Yeah. yeah. So I come out as design mom, um, which I was graphic designer and I was this mom of five at the time. It was like, it seemed like a great fit. And, um, and it was, and really I just offered kind of um, answered questions that I was receiving, not necessarily online, but just in my life of exactly what I just mentioned. Where do you get those cute toddler shoes? Um, where, you know, what do I do for a first birthday? Um, are there, are there such things as cute maternity clothes, you know, things like that. Right. So, um, I was just kind of re- talk about that kind of thing and it took off and it was great. So, um, my sister Jordan, who's also a big blogger, she does, Oh, happy day. Um, she the color had factory. started yeah. the color factory, right. And so she had started a couple months before me. And then my sister-in-law Liz, um, of say yes at the time, say yes to Hoboken because you lived in Hoboken. Um, she started a blog, um, not long after me and here we all were blogging and, and in this sort of design blog world. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I had this, a, a little different um, experience than either Jordan or Liz who didn't have parents, or, sorry, didn't have kids at the time um, because I, I did. And so I lived in this mom blog world and also this design blog world. And they were very different worlds yes. and mom blog world would go to like, we'd go to um, blog her conference, which was, you know, the, the blogging conference at the time. And, you talk about these mom blogging issues and the classes were about how to be a writer and kind of how to be a journalist. And, and anyway, and that was the focus, certainly nothing about visuals. And of course, no classes on social media because it didn't exist. Yet. Right. <laughs> so um, so um, I was kind of, again, I was, I was overlapping both worlds and um, we were on a family trip where I was all the, um, I, I'm one of eight siblings with the siblings and our spouses. And we were in Mexico and, we were talking about blogging and conferences and um, I, I mentioned how much I love going to these conferences, um, but that the blogs, the design blogs I read were never represented there. Mm-hmm. You know, they just weren't coming to, to blog her. And I get it. And almost none of them were parents at the time. And it was a very parent focused place. Um, I don't know that it is anymore, but it was right. then. So, um, so uh, we said, well, what if we start our own? And um, my sister, Sarah, who's not a blogger at all, but um, has worked in politics and done a lot of events for campaigns and things like that and felt confident about event planning, said, well, I can plan it. 
and you can figure out who should be the speakers and invite people. And um, so I did. And Liz and Jordan, of course, came and supported. They weren't involved um, at a, like organizing the business level, mm-hmm. but um, have always come and supported and been really amazing. So my sister Sarah and I started Alt Summit, and that was, um, I mean, I've been blogging about two years by the time the first Alt Summit happened, mm-hmm. and uh, and it was awesome. the The first panel, the very first panel of the first conference, was. Um, Grace Bonnie of Design Sponge and Maxwell of Apartment Therapy, Jean Ah of Not Caught, and um, it was moderated by Heather Armstrong of Deuce, who was also a very uh, a, a mom blogger for sure, but also very visual and a photographer right. and like me kind of overlapped this design world as well. Anyway, it was awesome. People loved it and. Um, and I hadn't really thought past the first conference. I'll be honest. It was like, <laughs> that, because, well, that's probably a big enough thing just on its own. You know, one one bite at the, el- the elephant at a time. One hundred percent. And like, can we even pull this off? Right. You know, there was certainly no thinking uh, long term. But um, we did pull it off, and all of a sudden realized, like, oh, people want to do it again. Like we've we got like a we thing gotta- now. And like, yeah, as, as soon as you start putting away the confetti, people are asking, well, how about next year? Yeah. <laughs> When do I buy tickets for next year? So, um, so that was all very exciting, but I had this full-time job as design mom by that point. And so it was a little bit like, oh, I didn't really intend to start another full-time job. Like what, 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 that was accidental. But anyway, um, um, my, so my sister, Sarah really took the reins on the organizing and the planning and being CEO for, for many years. Mm-hmm. And then, um, t- uh, two years ago, I guess three years ago, she, or two conferences ago, um, basically around the, the last time we had a conference in Salt Lake City. She, uh, her husband, who also works in politics, was retiring. He'd been a, a state senator for a long time and he was retiring and she was kind of like, yeah, I'm going to retire too. Like, let's, we're going to move on and work on more, maybe more altruistic things. So I bought all of it from her and um, we, and we moved it to Palm Springs from Salt Lake City to Palm Springs. She had been centered in Utah and so it was easy for her, but right. I was Utah and it was it wasn't as convenient for me, so I was trying to move it somewhere where it would be easier for me. Yeah, and plus you knew Palm Springs was you know just going to offer just a couple different things visually that might be interested to your audience. Yeah, exactly. So and yeah, obviously Palm Springs was sort of on trend if a city can be on trend, and it, it was. And um, all, also all the cactus, all the mid-century modern. Yes, all the succulents you could ever want, and um, and. You know, it'd been wonderful in Salt Lake City. We had paired it the same week as the Sundance Film Festival. So there's always cool things happening in town. It was really fun. It was this wintry scene. But um, I was like, yeah, let's go the opposite and get people to that want to escape winter and go and go sunny. And we also knew um, we we intentionally picked the Saguaro as our location, the, the, our hotel in Palm Springs, because it was going to be quite a bit less expensive than where we had been doing it in Salt Lake City at the Grand America, which was a big formal kind of European style hotel. Anyway, so we really went in and said, this will be a totally different feel. It'll be Palm Springs. We can make it more affordable. We cut the ticket prices by a chunk. We um, had a more affordable hotel. And that was great because we brought in um, our, our, you know, diehard crowd, but also a whole new crowd of younger entrepreneurs that 
maybe had been priced out of our Salt Lake City event. Right. Kind of more, you know, some up and coming people who are maybe just starting the blogging journey, or this is still maybe yeah. even still a side hustle, you know, apart from there. And yeah. I think I met someone last year who was like a petroleum engineer, you know, but she's got a fashion no. blog and she wanted to come. So awesome. And she's hoping to quit that day job and she's trying to figure out if that's a, a possibility. And it's also a chance for her to, to meet and interact with, you know, bloggers she loves and, and social, you know, Instagrammers she loves. Exactly. And anyway, so it's this awesome thing. So two years ago, we, um, it was exactly what I hoped. We had this new influx of, um, of attendees and it really was lovely. And, um, and because it's Palm Springs, our social, and because it's the Saguaro, which is like this rainbow hotel, our social shares leapt, you know, they were up by 30% just wow. by changing location. And that, because it's kind of irresistible to, you know, as far as taking pictures go, you, you can't um, not snap snapshot no, i mean everything over. as we joked is like boomerangable at all everything like it's all <laughs> and, and, and nobody what, bats an eye like it's all part of the deal right and we were also at this point you know thinking of like obviously uh their trends change and one of the trends we had seen and i know my sister jordan had had seen this as well is that um events became a bigger deal and and not just um showing up to take a class but you know giving people an experience that's what they're looking for. And, and when I think of Jordan and Color Factory, that's exactly what she's she's doing yeah, as well. Yeah, just um, really harnessing the experiential economy. Yeah. Right. And when you're talking about like, is it boomerangable? Yes, it's a, it's an experience. You're going to be the, be able to be there, record, record the whole thing, but um, walk away having experienced something. And so we definitely have designed it to be that way, especially as we move to Palm Springs. Um, so we did it for two years at Saguaro and we're maxed out there. We literally take over the entire hotel. We have every inch of it. Every you have sponsors on, you know, hotel room patios. We've got, I mean, we're just everywhere. We're in the restaurants where um, we really have taken over and there's no more space. So we had 750 people there last year and a waiting list of 3000 plus, like we just couldn't fit anyone else. Yeah. And so we were really stuck at the end of our second year there going, well, what do we do? And I have four, you know, uh, ultimate is, as you mentioned, um, this is its 10th year and 15th event because we did some summer events as well, um, summer conferences. But we have looked at hotels for a long time and we don't have to be at a hotel. We could move to like a cool airplane hangar slash warehouse space. You know, like there, there are other cool event spaces. But we know that our attendees really value that um, hanging out in the lobby vibe or hanging around the, the fire pits, you know, like really kind of being on site together. Yeah. So, and if we go to one of those off, you know, non-hotel options, it just, it's, it changes for sure. The dynamic for it, sure. It, it does. And then we can go to a bigger hotel. There's certainly bigger hotels. We did that for all these years in Salt Lake City, but they get very generic, very fast. I mean, the, every, um, even if they're luxury, even if they're five stars, they're all basically identical. Yeah, every every ballroom inside out. one of those pretty much looks the same from like a PowerPoint yeah. stage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Ballrooms and air walls. And it is what it is and that's fine. But we knew we, you know, had this great thing with the Palm Springs happy location. How do we leave that? And there's just nothing in between. You've got like saguaro size hotels and, you know, with some meeting space. And then you've got massive hotels that are air walls and ballrooms. And so we've just, we were just stuck. Like, what do we do? And we knew the saguaro wasn't perfect. Like our, our keynotes are out of the pool so we can accommodate everyone which is, you know, we can spin that as awesome and cool. And we've had great, you know, and, and you do, but, but 
to, but you can't show slides. Like how dumb is that? You know, like it's outside. So we knew that was an issue. And um, anyway, we're just really stuck. And we've, you know, looked at other locations and we've just researched and researched and there's, we were just stuck. And then finally I had this click where I remembered all the times I've gone to South by Southwest. I don't know if you've ever been. No, just but, some friends um, have gone. Yeah, loved it. I'm sure you've heard of it. So it's in Austin. It's like two weeks long. It's massive. They started with 500 and now they're, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say like 140,000 people. Like it's crazy. crazy. Um, the whole, and, and again, you're, you come for a few days, you might stay a week. Um, I'm sure there are some people that could do the whole time, but really um, you, it's this, you know, again, two week long festival and they take over every meeting spot in town. If there is a place with a screen, you know, in Austin, there are South by Southwest classes happening. Now, obviously, they, it's a, I, I don't mean to compare all Summit and South by Southwest, totally different things. But I thought I could learn from their model, because when you're there, you go to the convention center to get your badge. And then otherwise, you're just all around town, depending on what track you're into, or what kind of classes you're into. Um, you might take a class at the convention center, or you might never enter that building again, because you're again, uh, you're taking some classes at a hotel or a, a campus or um, or going to a party offsite somewhere or whatever you're doing. So I so I thought, well, what if I could learn from that? And I thought about the other hotels that we had researched in Palm Springs that we knew we really loved and that were like really ideal for the ultimate vibe. One of them was the Ace, which is a famed, um, the, the Ace in Palm Springs, totally famed, one of the best Aces for sure. Um, the Parker Palm Springs, which is legendary, totally chic, luxe, very exclusive, right. um, really, really cool space. Uh, all, the whole, the whole place designed by Jonathan Adler, just amazing. And then we knew we loved the Riviera. The Riviera is uh, a bigger hotel and you go in the lobby and it's maybe my favorite lobby. It's very, very cool. And it was like where the rat pack would perform. It's like, it's a very you know, an institutional, uh, or an institution in Palm Springs. Right. You can, say. you can feel um, the old Hollywood glamour leaching out of it. Yeah. Totally. So we loved all those places. Now, um, the, the Riviera has a ballroom, the same old ballroom that you're expecting, except maybe cooler. It's, it's oval and it's got a big stage, but still a ballroom with air walls. So we weren't, we had kind of abandoned the Riviera going, no, no, no. We want these more unique spaces. And then there was that epiphany where I'm like, well, what if it was at all of the spaces? Um, we have that we'll get the social shares from Saguaro and the Parker and the Ace and even the lobby at the, the, the Riviera. But then we can also have access to a ballroom where I can fit 2000 people and we can have Joanna Gaines. Yeah. And, uh, um, yeah. and, and, and have people freaking out, which they will be. <laughs> right. Totally. And we've got more. We haven't even announced our other keynotes. People are going to go nuts. But anyway, so um, it really solved it for me. I was like, oh, you get all the coolest hotels and um, you also get space for as many people as want to come. And so what we're doing is these are Palm Springs is not big. These are all close together. And we have a hotel. I mean, we have shuttles going circling among the hotels. Um, and there are there's classes at each of the hotels. Um, the Ace has like three different classrooms you can use the the Saguaro has two different classrooms you can use. The um, Parker has one big ballroom, uh, big. It's like 350 to 400 people in the ballroom there. Um, and then, of course, we have this the Riviera, which also has big meeting spaces. So we've got um, the, the schedule's out. The schedule's live. People can take a look at it. But we've got, at any given time, um, 
eight or nine things happening. Eight or, eight or nine, and I just mean classes. In addition to that, there's you can go to sponsor booths or there's tours. And yeah, there's, there's the less uh, structured, you know, meeting people talking and meeting and you know totally. getting you know talking over their Lacroix about stuff. I mean, right. yeah, it's all <laughs> it's all the best parts of um, meeting so, and greeting so yeah, with like, creatives. Totally, and that's all going on, you know, throughout. But then at the same time, in any given hour, you've got again, eight or nine classes happening that you can choose from. And so it means um, we still get to have small classes, like the classrooms at the A, some of them are really like for 50 people. Um, so you'll you'll have smaller classes if you want them. And then we'll also have big keynotes, like I mentioned, and we'll have, we have classrooms that can fit 300 people, classrooms that can fit 150, and classrooms that can fit 50, you know? So, and then we are, um, we just launched the app. It's so cool. And it's re- allowing us to see which classes are getting the most attention. Mm. Now that's important to us because also for the first time ever, we've never had that. It gives us a sense of um, we'll be able to, uh, if there's, if, if we've scheduled a class in a 50 person room and 300 people have let us know they're interested in that class, well, we can switch it yeah, around. You, you, you know that you might be running into a problem, you know, and have at least some some chances of real-time feedback and adjustment. Oh, that's so yeah. smart. Yeah. We can adjust. And then the other thing we can do is also give people a heads up, like, okay, well, we can't move this one out of here because they need a sync because it's like a demo or something, right. you know, they need, but we can at least give people a heads up, like, hey, this space is going to fit 50 people. So if you really care about it, get there early because it's going to be capped, but don't worry if you can't get in, there's literally eight other things you can do that. Yeah. Like <laughs> exactly. No one, no one is, has to have sad eyes here. There are lots of options. Well, that's, well, that's fabulous. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's no surprise that design mom would, you know, come up with a really well-designed conference. <laughs> Thanks. Well, we're excited. And it also just means like, um, because, uh, because it was four locations, I decided to lengthen the week because I know, you know, there's, there's, uh, it's just going to feel like instead of being at one location, like packing it in, my hope is that people feel like they can spread it out a little bit and, you know, take a tour to the desert or, you know, take a break in the middle of the week to do um, something that's not a class, you know, and, and anyway, so we have, um, with that in mind, I've tried to repeat things. So we have, I believe, eight different podcast options, either in roundtables or workshops or um, classes uh, to spread throughout the week. So if there's a podcast session, if like you're like definitely want to get to a podcast session you'll be able to without missing another class that you mm-hmm. want. Does that make yeah. sense? And so, and, and even for those classes where we feel like in the 50 room, you know, the 50 person room, um, that topic's going to repeat and again. So you're, if you can't get into that one, don't stress out, you'll have another chance. So we're really excited about that. We're, um, this also has allowed us to um, max out, like we can continue to, en- to take registrations throughout the conference even for, you know, we, there's enough space. So we're technically sold out, meaning like, yes, it's as many people as we were planning, but we can continue to keep registering people because there's enough room. (laughs) You've given yourself some buffer there and because you've been, you know, thoughtful about designing your space. Yeah. Yeah. And it also means that next year, you know, if this works, it's still, we still haven't proven this, this venues, additional content, it can grow. It's it's now um, if this works, it's a model that can scale, and we've never. So we're really excited about that. But I know it was a big. I mean, it was a lot of big changes all at once. We lengthened the week, which means we had to increase the price. We still kept it as low as we can. In fact, our 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 price for alumni and that that we would sometimes just run as a sale was the same price we would charge in Salt Lake City for three days. So I really did try to keep it as low as possible and. 
Um, we have, you know, a range of hotels. So depending on what your, your, uh, budget is for a hotel, we were trying to accommodate that, but we know it's a lot of big changes. It's people normally would come in on Sunday and leave on Thursday. Now they're coming on Sunday, leaving on Friday. It just feels longer, you know? Um, yeah, but you know, no one's feeling too boohoo about extra time in Palm Springs. So I hope so. I mean, <laughs> and I certainly really do hope that um, with the new schedule, they can get all the classes they want in, but again, get all the Palm Springs they want in. Like there, we know there are a lot of people that never even get to like sit by the pool because they're so busy with classes. And what a shame to be in Palm Springs and not get to, not to get to sit by the pool. Um, or go or go see the pink door or to go on a little hike or whatever. Yeah, you know? Go see the mountains or, you know, do anything like that. So we we're I mean, you can hear in my voice how excited I am. I just feel like this is a lot of big changes, but really exciting, positive changes that make all summit accessible to way more people and um, in a much bigger way. So yeah, I'm yeah, well, no, that's, that's, that's amazing. Yeah. And I can hear, you know, the enthusiasm you have for it, which makes sense, because you know, you've been, you've been around a while. And you know, you can tell that you've been thoughtful in terms of trying to learn from what's worked for you in the past. Mm -hmm. And what can you learn? Well, you know, what are the best practices that you've been able to glean from other people who are doing events, even if it's not in your exact genre, it doesn't mean that there's not um, lessons that certainly you can glean and try to apply. That's 100% true. Yeah, I definitely do that. I definitely look at other events and other across all sorts of categories to just see what I can learn and what makes sense. And I try to go to conferences and go to events again with that learning, you know, with that eye for learning in mind. Mm -hmm. So if you, if if someone, you know, on who's listening, one of my listeners is interested in getting into events and they, you know, are obviously probably going to start on a smaller scale as most people do. Mm -hmm. What would be advice that you'd have for them if they're getting started and wanting to know, you know, what are maybe some mistakes they can avoid or what kind of framework should maybe they be looking towards to try to be, you know, have this next success? Right. So the trick, I feel like the trick with events is figuring out that budget, like you in an ideal, really healthy event ticket sales should cover all the costs of the conference. Um, and then if you want to make money, um, you would, pardon me, sell more tickets if that made, you know, like if, it, if the space can accommodate more and that could be your revenue or you could involve sponsors and that could be your revenue um, mm-hmm. or your earnings. So I would definitely start with that. And as you're, as you're planning it, figure out, okay, what would I have to charge to cover the cost of this, to, to create the kind of event that I want to create that has, whatever perks it has or whatever opportunities it has, um, how much is that going to cost? And what would I have to charge? How many people would fit in that space? You know, kind of working on that math and seeing how close you can get to covering your costs with just tickets. That's in an ideal world. Um, All the time we have a history of extras, extras, extras. (laughs) You're going to come. There's um, we uh, have typically fed people more than any other conference conference I've ever been to, for sure. We have more parties than any other conference I've been to. We have, we try to have perks around every corner. Yes, here's more installations where you can take pictures and here's the, you know, a- anyway. Um, and I can't say that we've been great at keeping to that model. Uh, so, um, so sponsors become very key for us. But I would say if you were starting out, that aim for that, star for that, that's the safest place because then, you can't lose your, like you, you, if you sell enough tickets, you're covered. You're not going to go into the hole. Right. So that's great. And then also you can give, have a sense of like, okay, if no one's signing up, if I really can't seem to sell tickets, if you're doing this in plenty of time, you still have the option to cancel this thing. Like, oh, there wasn't the interest that I thought you have time. Once you've committed sponsors, it's really hard to do. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, because now you've put yourself on the line, your business reputation, you've already told them that in exchange for this support as being a headliner or mm-hmm. supporting sponsor or whatever, this is what you're going to get. These it's are the deliverables the and the coverage. And-, mm-hmm. and, and and so it's just much harder. And so again, the, the closer covering all your costs with ticket sales, um, that's the best way to get started, I would say. Um, and then it's really just, uh, I, I feel like in the event space, there is room for people. So um, not that I'm trying to say, come and compete with me, but you can, there's room. Meaning, um, we ha- again, we had 3,000 people on our waiting list last year. There, there's the people that want to go to events and there's way more people that want to go to things than there are events. So, uh, you, and it doesn't have to be a huge event. You Like local events are hugely popular. You can do, you know, just, you're in the Pacific Northwest. It could be just a conference geared to Pacific to the Pacific Northwest or just to your town. So, um, and something that you think is going to be local can grow. I re- I know the mom Two O summit, which, um, I helped organize the very first year and have gone every year. Um, it's owned by a friend of mine, Laura Mays. And mm-hmm. she, um, she thought she was doing a Texas focused conference when she first put it on. And, um, no, people wanted to come from all over the country. And right. she thought she was doing a one-off as well. And here it turned into, a longstanding thing. So uh, just because you're doing something local doesn't mean it wouldn't grow. But I think there's room for events. I think we've seen the trend for wanting to experience something continues that hasn't abated. And um, an event is an experience. So I would say there's still room. And if you're into this, go for it. Go for it and be in that space. Now, I think that's really great advice. I love that. Um, so, and so for people who are listening, who are um, who are already planning on attending all, or who are soon need to be, and of course, after hearing about this amazing conference, they're going to go rush and get their tickets. Um, what can they be doing to try to make the most out of a conference like this, especially maybe um, in regards to now what we're looking at in terms of size and scope and all the different moving pieces? What should they be doing before, during, and after um, to make the most out of this investment in their business and themselves? Oh, that's such a great question. Um, I For anyone who is really trying to make the most of it, out of it, I would say use the planning tools that we've offered. So the app is live and it's amazing. You can not only look at the whole schedule, but there are, you know, if, if there's a class that you're interested in, you can, you know, there's a little plus sign, you click it and it will add it to your personal schedule. So you can start developing that and, and it'll help you see like, okay, um, I definitely want to I definitely want to take a branding class, but I don't want to miss this speaker. So I better find a branding class that's not the same time as that speaker. You know, like it would really allow you to plan and um, get a better picture of the week. Um, In addition to that, uh, in the the next week or so, we'll have a a, like a PDF version of the schedule that's more visual. Because I know a lot of us are visual. I certainly am. And and, um, and we're not going to print the schedule this year because it just, it's a big willy schedule. And I just feel like that's going to be a ton of wasted paper where, you know, people are going to much more rely on the app, but I do know there are people that really want that printed schedule. And so we're designing this PDF to be downloadable and printable. If you'd like to, um, um it'll just be eight and a half by 11 that you can, uh, print out yourself and, uh, and that will be coming too. So if you if you're like oh, I'm having a hard time with the app schedule, I need something more visual. That's coming. So definitely take care of those planning tools. Um, watch for updates. I would say the the way Ultimate communicates with attendees is through a newsletter, and that's true for pretty much every conference I know of. Yeah. So um, make sure you're subscribed. If you're not getting the newsletters, definitely you know um, email Ultimate so we can double check what's going on there. Check your spam folder, whatever needs to happen. But read those emails. That's where you're going to get information 
Um, anytime we have updated about parties or, um, hey, we've added tours or, hey, there's going to be pre-signups for certain things. For certain events, you'll have to pre-sign up because it's very limited numbers, like a yoga class in the morning or things like that. So um, watch for those or you're going to be frustrated that you feel like you've missed out. Um, um, I would say uh, meet up with anyone you can ahead of time. And I mean that digitally. But of course, if you can do it in real life, that's awesome, too. So reach out to um, connect with people on the app. Reach out to them. Um, if you're a volunteer, we have like a face group, uh, Facebook group for volunteers. Uh, but reach out. You can find roommates. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, all of a sudden, a hotel becomes even more reasonable if you've got a roommate and you're cutting that in half. Um, anyway, so I would say, you know, if you can go in with, feel like you have a buddy going in, of course, that helps. Right. Um, and I'd say, um, if you, some people, this doesn't worry them at all. So if you're uh, an extrovert and you just make friends easily, no problem. But if you're nervous, like you feel like you're kind of showing up without a buddy, then I would say pay special attention to the activities we have on Sunday afternoon, which I've specifically chosen um, a lot of smaller group uh, options where they really are focused on how to meet friends and what how to get the most out of Alt Summit. And these are the kind of things on the schedule that are, like I specifically have in mind, new people that aren't quite sure how to start. Yeah, where to start so, with this. So smart. So that they're walking in and they're, and they're saying like, you know, combating those, that fears of like, what am I doing here? What's my plan? Am I just going to be, you know, a person shuffling in between classes and not maybe getting the most out of this? Because Mm -hmm. certainly while there's amazing information, a lot of what's great about alt is all the stuff that's outside of classes and all that, you know, the in between the chatter and the connections. And, you know, I, I got tons of business from last year and I know, you know, I have, you know, dozens of friends and clients who they started deals and, you know, almost even closed them everything but signed the paperwork, um, at, at, at summit. Wow. That conference. Absolutely. So we're starting the day. We, we, um, so we did this last year. We started with, uh, our registration was actually a welcome party last year and it was hugely successful. And so we're modeling the same thing this year. So when you get there on Sunday, Drop your bags wherever you're at. Jump on a, you know, whatever hotel you're at. If you're not at the Riviera, jump on a shuttle. Come over to the welcome party at the Riviera. They'll be going all afternoon from like one o'clock till six. I better double check this schedule. Maybe it's two o'clock. But anyway, um, there'll be, you know, things to eat, something to drink. You'll be poolside. Um, it's going to be, we've moved back the conference a month. So it should be even warmer and even lovelier in Palm Springs at the end of March than it was at the end of February. And um, there'll be, you know, you'll get a welcome bag and you'll have, uh, you'll, we'll have icebreaker activities so people can get to know each other, even just right there at the party. So you'll immediately feel like you're there and um, you're being welcomed in and you can connect with other people. And then once you've gotten your stuff, you've got your badge, you've had fun at the party. There are courses happening immediately that Sunday, right then you can stop and, uh, you know, stop by the party and then head over to the tomorrow or the ACE where you can take classes. And, uh, Again, like I said, focused on new people that want to connect. So I would say de- pay special attention to Sunday afternoon. And then um, also just keep watching for signups for anything that's sort of smaller groups. Like, uh, I mean, if your concern is trying to connect with people. So watch for meetups and dinners. Watch for tours. Watch for um, these smaller group uh, options that I feel like are easier to make friends in than, of course, being in a lecture of, yeah, than a large ballroom, you know, and yeah, be, uh, I think, be open to those opportunities. I obviously, I think this is easier if someone identifies as an extrovert, but you know, for all of us, sometimes, you know, just make, 
you know, kind of push yourself out of your comfort zone, even if you have the option of sitting with people that you know and love, and that can be wonderful. Maybe consider that not every meal needs to be like that. Like go sit at a table where you don't know anybody. Yeah, absolutely. And we have some interesting things this year that we haven't had before. So this year at the, at the ACE um, from Tuesday through Thursday, we're running a makerspace where every hour there's a new demo, um, meaning like a new arts or crafts where you can learn a new skill or just make a project, work on some jewelry, things like that. And the, the, the space is big enough that even if you're not interested in that particular demo, you'll be able to sit down and work on a project from one of the sponsor booths, maybe a nail art project or, you know, any kind of really anything. So it's, if you need just like a place for some downtime and conversation and a more relaxed atmosphere, and you're like, I need a break from classes, that's going to be going and you can just drop by, even if you're not even sure what they're teaching right then, you could drop by and know you'll have a creative break. So we really have tried to build in some places where, hey, these are just lounge areas where you can hang out. Um, you can keep busy with your hands so you feel like you have a purpose and don't feel like you're loitering. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, so you're like, not being like the awkward shuffling person, you know, yeah, you, you, yeah. it's so much easier. Right. I remember, you know, I, I got in a group of some ladies um, who I didn't meet any of them and we were making, you know, those cool elephant, like bright colored necklace, neon necklaces last mm-hmm. year. And yeah, we got mm-hmm. talking about politics and about, you know, the mm-hmm. intersection of media and what everyone was working on. And it's so much easier to just do that because we're all just making cool necklaces. So, you know, of course we're going right. to chat. Yeah. And it feels very low stakes and low pressure. Yeah. And, you know, anyway, so it's, so we have that going for literally for days and you can, that's an option. And we really have tried to build these kinds of things into the schedule where you'll have a chance to um, get some downtime and you don't have to be like, you know, high energy, go, go, go all the time. I'm on my ex- extrovert game, you know, like, no, not at all. Yeah. You don't have to be um, the queen of alt summit yet to make, to make it successful. Really yeah. Really, really don't. Um, whether you've exchanged business cards or if you, we also have a way to just exchange information on the app. Like, um, it's actually really cute when you're together with someone else. Like at the conference, you both have the app. You can shake your shake your phone at the same oh time. Oh my gosh, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> really, really cute. And I was doing it with my daughter yesterday to try it out. It was really fun. But anyway, um, so whether you do business cards or just exchange information on the app, follow up with people. Well, when you get home, send them a quick email or quick message, however you want to do it. That's just Hey, I'm following on Instagram. I was really impressed um, when you said this. I loved meeting you. Um, I just want to be connected with you. And if any cool opportunities come up this year, I'm going to be in touch and let you know I have an idea or something. You know, like any kind of little follow up is so smart to do. Um, just amazing collaborations have come out of Alt Summit with with exchanges exactly what like I just described, where someone just said, "Hey, I really connected with you. I thought you were awesome." And then three months later. They're going, hey, I have this idea and you would be a great business partner for this. Right, and, you'd be a great fit. I'm looking yeah. for something or I, I have an idea for a new book or a new course or a new product line and you know, you're in that space. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's a re- that's really smart in that there's a way to do it that doesn't sound um, you know, sales pitchy, that is, you know, thoughtful about the value that you're bringing. Um, and again, you know, reflects back to someone else as just a quick reminder so that if someone's, you know, going through and looking for their email, you know, their inbox and trying to remember, didn't I meet someone who was in that, you know, just make it easy for them to find you and to remember what exactly it is that you do or you're interested in. Right. And every, and and certainly different people have different approaches. Some people want to give out 200 business cards and they want to feel like they know everyone and they're good at sort of, Hey, I walked away with like two friends and that was plenty. And that's fine. That's great. I mean, it's really whatever it is you're looking for. So if you're kind of going in going, I'm kind of looking for a business partner. I, I think there's a very high likelihood 
you'll find someone that will either end up being the business partner or will connect you to them. You know, like that, that's very possible to find. And if you're there more like, no, 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 I want to connect with as many people as possible. I'm kind of promoting my upcoming book or, you know, whatever it is that's on your mind. That's also very doable. So everyone comes to the conference with different aims and there's a way to, um, we try to be very careful about how we've designed it. So there's a way to accomplish whatever it is you're trying to accomplish. Oh, I think that's really smart. So, oh, that's, that's wonderful. Well, the kind of last thing I just wanted to, to kind of get your, you know, your thoughts on, because um, you have such a great, you know, bird's eye view, I think of what's happening, like you said, at the intersection of design and motherhood and, you know, especially content creation, because you've seen the waves of different things of long format and then social media. And now we have video, um, you know, what are you seeing that's exciting you or, you know, what, what do you think is, um, you know, in terms of macro trends that you're, you're seeing and that you think people are going and should be maybe moving towards, you know, this year? Well, I don't know if this will excite anyone. But <laughs> hey, if it's exciting to you. <laughs> well, I feel like what I've seen is um, just uh, as far as content goes, uh, readers expect their uh, content creators to um, acknowledge the current political climate and take that seriously. So for example, if you have always just done simple DIYs, you now have to do simple DIYs and also acknowledge if there's a horrible thing that happens in the world, uh, right. you know, whether it's a polar vortex or it's, uh, again, a, a political thing or whatever it might be. And so all these people that have had, that have platforms and maybe just felt like they could stay to their niche. I don't think that's true anymore. And I don't think it's, I, I think that changed the day Trump got elected. Right. And um, you really can't uh, just ignore and, and stay focused on your niche anymore. So um, so that's what I'm seeing is that people who have not attempted to uh, either make a stand or have an opinion or, or invite that kind of conversation on their blog are now doing so. And um, from what I've seen, it's been, hugely positive and well-received. Like what, what I see is, um, and I, I, I've been tackling, you know, difficult topics because I can't, because I can't, so we're talking about parenting and things right. like that. And that covers everything for a long time. So that's not new to me, but when I watch someone that hasn't tackled it before, and then they write a thoughtful Instagram post or a blog post or whatever it might be where they, where they attempt to, you know, dip their finger in that, the response is really positive. It's lots of thank you for saying something. I, you know, I read your blog every day and it's important to me that you care about this subject. And I really appreciate this. Um, that is the kind of response I see. And uh, we may get into a fluffier time again. I can, you know, things come in waves. Right. And so I, that will not surprise me, but right now people are in the mood for some more serious content. I've even heard people talking about how they feel like they read more nonfiction these days than fiction. It's like, it's, it's like almost feels, um, they just need that more serious stuff versus yeah. they need something substantive. That's a perfect word. So that's the trend I'm seeing. And if, if you're not uh, tackling that kind of thing, you may be seeing your readership drop off. And if you are tackling that kind of thing, I'm betting you're seeing your readership grow. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's probably something weird in it too, um, where people want some drama. So maybe they, um, you know, readers, they might, they might see you tackle something, that is a, a controversial topic and then see people fighting in the comments. And so there's maybe a draw that way, which is too bad. I mean, that's certainly not, um, I hope that's not the goal for, for people that are tackling these things, but, um, 
that may be why we're seeing some increase in, in traffic, I guess, is what I'm mm-hmm. trying to No, out. I think that's really interesting. And I think for people who, you know, who are listening to this, who are like, well, I mean, that sounds good in theory, but like, you know, I, I talk about hosting, you know, kids' birthday parties. How, how am I supposed to broach that, um, that divide in terms of bringing in, or am I going to get pushback of people of like, Hey, stay in your lane. Or, um, you know, I, I, this is what I was, this is why I get off Facebook. Cause I don't want to hear, you know, this kind of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. I think, you know, you could still be thoughtful in terms of, well, you know, not make it contrived in terms of what matters to other people. But if it means something to you, um, and and you would like to say something on it, then I think that's what comes off as being, you know, authentic and being vulnerable from a place of wholeness and not just, oh, I'm, I'm going to talk about sad things because that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that gets, you know, increases my engagement. Right. I'm not jumping jumping on the trend. It's more like, oh, when I watch the news, this is what's affecting me personally. And I'm going to start from that place. And that's where people find it effective. And if you're worried about um, backlash, you can certainly do something like, you know, let people know, hey, this is I'm going to try this once a month, I'm calling it my X column, or whatever you want to call it. And I want to talk about um, things that are uh, more personal things that are affecting me. And those might can very, very much overlap with um, news stories, if that makes sense. And, uh, and, and then it also allows readers that aren't interested in that. They're like, no, I really, I'm just there for the birthday party ideas to totally bypass that and skip right. it. You know, they know right. it's coming. They know it's this column. Skip that post. No problem. Yeah, no, no, I, enforcing- exactly. Yeah, no, no, no harm, no foul. But, um, but yeah, no, I, I think that's a really, that's a really interesting point. So, um, anything else that you're, you're seeing or something that you wish maybe would disappear <laughs> that you could see oh, less yeah. of? Um, I, I, I want to see, um, I know people complain about, uh, different things about Instagram and, and from a content creator's point of view, it's often about like, Hey, where did, why am I not seeing growth or traffic or that kind of thing? My, I have other issues with Instagram. I feel like, I mean, yes, I, I, I can see the same, um, slow growth kind of issues, but for me, it's, uh, I, I, I feel like it needs a whole overhaul in the kind of content we're seeing on there. And, um, I don't know even, I mean, maybe stories was enough, but, um, I don't know. Sometimes I, what I would love to see is the truly instant, uh, part of Instagram that was there at the beginning where you'd get on and it was, you took a picture of literally what was happening right then. And you put a filter on it and you shared it. And, um, and obviously that happens maybe more now in, in uh, in stories, right. but the what I see in the feeds is so carefully put together. It's and it curated to the ninth degree, but yeah. Curated to the ninth degree. I know that they had to take that picture with a different camera, download it over here, email it over here, edit it on this, get it to, you know, and I'm like, there's nothing instant about it. It's all been planned three weeks in advance. And um, I, I get discouraged by it. Like I see that and I'm like, someone spent a lot of hours on this Instagram post that's going to be seen by not that many people. It doesn't feel like it lives forever in the same way a blog post might where you can keep pointing people to it. Like it's really hard to point someone to an old Instagram post. Um, And that is discouraging to me. I feel like that's a ton of work that I feel like is a little bit wasted. And so if I saw Instagram revert back to, uh, just those, you know, literally instant grams, you know, like instant postgrams or whatever they were trying to do at the time or telegrams. Um, that would be fine with me. And, um, I don't know. I, 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 
worry about how much people invest their time in Instagram mm-hmm. because they don't own it. And it's hard to access. They that do content. not own it. Yeah, a really good reminder, guys, to read terms of use and privacy policies. I know, I know, none of you guys know. I know you all check the boxes and <laughs> and move on. But um, yeah, just to be thoughtful about your about you know what's your strategy and um, and when you're investing a lot of time of something a content creation platform, and, you know what are you getting out of it and what do you want people to do and is this the best way, most efficient way for you to do that and communicate yeah. that messaging. So that's probably what's on my mind with Instagram is just I worry about people. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And we want them to be successful and sharing their beautiful things, but in a way that makes sense. I do. Yeah, I do. for sure. Um, um, okay. Well, are there any other um, tips last minute that you want to share as we're coming out and people who are interested in alt or interested in hearing more information? Where, where can they find you? Where can they connect? So I'm at Design Mom on everything. So you can always find me there. But um, and then Alt Summit is at Alt Summit, A-L-T-S-U-M-M-I-T. And um, I definitely uh, want you to go check out the app if you haven't. It is um, there's a web view. So even if you're not attending, um, there's an FAQ on the Alt Summit blog that you can find that has the 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 web view and have download and all that stuff. So again, whether you're going or not, if you're curious about the conference, that's a great way to see what's happening. It lists all the speakers and you can explore that. You can explore the schedule. Um, and yeah, I'm really, really excited. If you are thinking about coming, there's still time. It's really two months away from the day that I'm recording this. So you've got time and, um, come, I mean, you're, you've still got plenty of time to buy plane tickets to, to book a hotel room. Uh, so if it's on your mind, make it happen. You'll be, glad. you will not regret it. I promise for sure. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Gabby. It was so fun to have you on today. Uh, wasn't that just amazing? Um, I loved listening to all of Gabby's wisdom and, and just seeing her journey of where, how she started in the design field um, in terms of designing for other people and then freelancing and then how that has grown and her experience with design and writing um, and building a community and expressing herself and connecting with other people has grown into this beautiful rainbow colored um, oasis in the desert now of Palm Springs um, that is you know, helping to create other people's dreams. There are so many um, amazing rock star brands and influencers um, that you that you know of for sure who have um, who have really built their dreams on the backs of Alt Summit. And so it's really cool to see all of that come to fruition and to hear kind of the the backstory of. Here is a summary of Gabby's tips that she gave us about making the most out of a conference. So whether that's Alt Summit or another conference that you're headed to this season take away these tips, um, you know, write them down. I'm actually going to have a little handout with these. So if you don't have something handy to take notes now, that is going to be a freebie um, uh, benefit to the episode um, that you can find at brittanyrattel.com slash 33. Okay. For episode 33. The first is to make it, make use of planning tools that are offered, you know, look up the schedule, use an app. If there's an app like at alt um, and make sure you have a good bird's eye view of what's going on when keeping in mind um, travel times, uh, transition, and that you have enough white space in your schedule. Um, the next is to check for updates. Make sure that you are getting those conference emails um, and that you've whitelisted everything. And because certainly with all, there's a lot of small group gatherings. I know last year there was, you know, um, some dinner parties, there was some tours of the pink door, whatnot. Um, and there was a, a lot of folks who kind of had some FOMO um, after the fact because they um, they weren't getting the emails. Um, they didn't have them and they weren't going, you know, to their primary tab. However, your email system is set up um, enough that they were signing up in time. So, 
Um, make sure that you are connecting with anyone that you are really excited about meeting with ahead of time. So don't think that you're just going to wander across them or um, for that to be your plan. You know, that's maybe a backup and backup if you can't connect with someone, but try to be really proactive about that. So whether that's digitally or in real life, try to connect beforehand and at least um, have a, maybe a plan of class you're going to go together or a time where you're going to meet up um, and, you know, try to make some of those connections so that you already have something to look forward to and that you've already kind of planned out if you have some really key people that you want to get in touch with while you're there. Um, you can also use the Facebook group to find roommates, um, to, you know, get those hotel expenses a little bit lower, to arrange rides. Um, I know a lot of folks, they, um, there was a, quite a few people last year who, at Alt who um, all helped give each other rides for those who had flights that were flying out of L.A., you know, from um, from Palm Springs. So um, that's another really handy thing. Um, and especially helps if you don't have a buddy going in. Obviously, if you have a buddy, team up, you know, divide and conquer. But if you don't, then you're flying solo. Um, that's a good way to start really meeting and greeting people. Um, and then next is that it, pay attention to smaller group activities, okay? This is going to be your time to shine. Those of you who might be a little bit on the quieter side, um, a little bit more shy, or you're feeling a little outgunned or, um, uh, you know, a little uh, timid about approaching a conference like this with thousands of people <laughs> um, and want to know how are you going to be able to connect with people um, and, and really do it in a way that makes sense and that brings value to the whole experience. So um, look for those little small meet and greets, those makerspace activities, those orientations, those, um, you know, not shows on the patio, whatever, that might be a, a smaller group of people. And the last is that um, look for something that you can do where there are lower stakes. Um, like Gabby mentioned, they're going to have maker spaces. Um, I took advantage of that last year, like I like I talked about in the show, and it was awesome. I met several women. Um, one of them is also going to be a, a podcast guest in a few weeks, um, Maura. And it was just it was a really cool opportunity for me to um, yeah to just kind of spread my wings. And, you know, I didn't have to talk with someone who was from where I lived or who did what I did or who knew anything about me and what I do. Um, it could be people in completely different spaces and just use and fall back on those tried and true people skills. Make sure that you're asking questions about other people. Um, you know, reread your seven habits, you know, go back to your Stephen Covey days if you need a refresher, but, um, people like to talk about themselves. So ask questions of other people. That's going to get you farther. Um, Make sure you're doing good reflective listening and, you know, making eye contact. Um, make sure that you're trying to use people's names or do something to re- try to remember their names and to try to make that connection. Um, that really helps a long way um, into making good small talk and letting that small talk maybe go into further development. So, so um, and those are the, and then the, lastly, the follow-up after the conference, which it can almost be just as important, which is to whether you've exchanged business cards or done your cute little shake on the app, um, Try to find some way to follow up with people and to remind them that, hey, I really enjoyed connecting with you. We talked about this. Um, I loved going to this class with you. Or remember, we had that great conversation at the pool around this. Um, If you are ever interested and maybe remind them what you do or maybe remind them of something you talked about or an idea you had or something else to kind of pin people's memory in a conversation. Because if you've ever, you guys know how it is. If you've been to a conference like this, um, you come home with just a stack of business cards and you're like, what? (laughs) 
am I supposed to do now? What exactly am I supposed to do? Um, and you know, I'm sure you'll probably have a better aim, um, an idea of what's your, what are your goals? You know, are you trying to just increase exposure and want to try to get everyone sign up on your list and just kind of, you know, scattershot, or are you looking for some targeted people to connect with because you have more, um, maybe bigger projects or, you know, more intimate offerings like a partnership, like a joint venture, like a sponsored content, you know, sponsorship relationship that you're really looking at connecting with. Um, but again, it makes it so easier if someone can get off of a stack of business cards and then into their inbox with something that they can search. So that way, if they're in their mind and they're coming up and they're, you know what, we thought we wanted to, you know, launch a new um, print that has something to do, you know, with a Shibori dying. Now, who is it that's into Shibori dying? Well, if you've already written somewhere about that because you guys did that together or you talked about it or you're an educator in that space, then there's a much better chance that they're going to be able to connect it and remember and find you and connect you about it. But you got to differentiate, okay? Don't just be another name, um, even on a really cute business card. You got to um, take some steps to do something else uh, above and beyond that, okay? Um, and then that's a kind of connection that can really breed really useful innovation and um, proposals and business growth opportunities um, and projects out of an amazing conference like this. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. And um and we'll tune in to next week. I've got some other really incredible guests lined up. I've just been busy, busy, busy be and recording a lot of great episodes. Um, and so we have uh, Melanie Burke coming up, um, who's an amazing graphic designer and friend of mine. We have um, Elle Rowley of Solly Baby, who's on here. We have Talk Wordy to Me, Kim Christensen. Um, we have someone else, uh, Maura Aaron Mills, who's a political advisor and digital media maven, um, who I also met at, at all. Uh, we've got all kinds of incredible people coming in the podcast. So make sure you are subscribed, you're tuned in, and that you're showing up here every week as I'm showing up for you because we are building a more confident, creative business. And even if that doesn't look like anyone else's business, even if your spouse doesn't understand what you do or your sister or your church group or the lady who helps you watch your kids, even if you have a tough time at book club explaining what it is you do, um, we get it and we're here with you and we understand that this is an incredible time to be an entrepreneur, to be a woman, um, to be able to work and bring our, mul- our multi-passionate lives and the things and the talents that we're interested in and bring them to life in a way that can serve others um, that is look different and it has different opportunities than have ever been available. So I'm so grateful that you guys are choosing here to, to be on this journey. Yes, I know. I just said journey. Cue, <laughs> Cue the symbols and the crystals um, that come with me and not not to get all cat poster on it, but um, I just really appreciate you guys. I really appreciate you being here, you trusting me with your time, and that you understand that we can tackle this hard stuff, okay? That all of this um, you, that you can figure out, that you are completely capable right now, right, j- just the way that you are, of becoming the business owner that you want to be. Um, and that so much of this is just in your head, and it's just taking one step at a time to figure out what do I need to do next to protect my brand, to grow my team, to launch that next product, um, to have that next course, to lock this stuff down and develop my name and what I care about in a way that will allow me to serve the people I want to serve and make the difference that I want to make in the world. So, okay. Um, so there you go. Cue the chicken soup for the soul music. No, I read those books as a, as a teenager. Actually, my dad had me read those books as a teenager. I don't know if anyone else remembers that, but oh, all the days of the, the, of the simple clip art when we didn't know what we didn't know. So 
Thanks so much for being here, guys. And I hope you tune in next week and each and every week. And let's work on building some incredible, incredible creative businesses.